when I first met Benjamin and Azria Becker, I remember sitting down with them and I was in a relationship that I really liked. And I was like, you know what? I think this relationship might be it. And Benjamin looks right at me and he goes, well, it's either a full fuck yes or it's not. And I'm like, what do you mean, man? Like, this is crazy talk. Full fuck yes? Like, does that even exist? Is that a real thing? And he's like, yeah, man, it's a real thing. And then, of course, I met Vailana. And I understood exactly what the fuck he was talking about. It was a full fuck yes. So he's been a teacher and a mentor for me in what it means to be in a sacred union, what the type of commitment that that requires and what you naturally feel when you arrive at that state. Benjamin and Azria are two people that have been doing the work down the medicine path for many years. And Vailana and I have an amazing conversation with two of our great friends and allies in this world. Before we get started, a word from our sponsors. First up, I wanna talk to you guys about the relaunch of my course, Go For Your Win. Now, this was the first thing that I ever wrote that I thought this was my book. I wanted to put everything I thought about life and mindset and how to overcome resistance, how to find your purpose. I wanted to put this all into a single book and this was going to be my opus. Well, I didn't really know how to write a book then, so I put way too much stuff in far too few words to actually make a book. So I went to show it to publishers and they were like, no, this isn't a book. And then I realized, well, it may not be a book, but this could be an amazing course because it followed the path of helping people find their purpose, helping people train the essential skills, and then helping people overcome resistance. But what it really needed is a bunch of actionable practices, journaling prompts, and also people and a community that could help lead you through this process because it's a lot of material but the idea behind it is that we don't want to just settle for mediocre we don't want to just settle for yeah this is all right we want to go for our win we want to really go for that thing that is the most appealing exciting tantalizing life that we could possibly have and in the going for it we'll find satisfaction the true dissatisfaction is in the not going for it. So how do you figure out what that thing is? How do you train yourself to be able to get there? And how do you overcome the resistance along the way? Knowing that the journey of going for your win is the win, but you have to know what your win is and you have to know how to walk the path. And that's what this course is gonna provide along with an amazing community and some incredible coaching along the way. So if you're interested, go to aubreymarcus.com slash Go for your win and check it out. There's so many different people, people in this office right now who've taken the course and found their way here. So many beautiful success stories. And I just can't wait to hear your success story, hear what this course has done for you because that's also me going for my win. Me going for my win is being able to provide value to all of you. So I can't wait to see what that is for you. Once again, aubreymarcus.com slash go for your win. Next up, we have Eight Sleep. Now, when you're talking about Eight Sleep, you're talking about an amazing mattress that is just super comfortable. Right, Tom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom agrees. This mattress is super comfortable. But beyond that, it's not just the comfort of the mattress, which is important, and also the non-toxicity of the mattress. There's a lot of good reasons to get a mattress like this. But you can also control the temperature. So you can cool down the temperature, just like the earth would cool when we were in our non-fluffy climate controlled beds the earth would be nice and cold and then we would put blankets on top of us there's something 
about that that actually just works with most people's bodies. But some people, they want to sleep on a warm, fluffy cloud. And 8sleep can not only cool the mattress, but it can heat the mattress. So you can get whatever temperature you want from 55 to 110 degrees sauna mattress. Whatever fuck you want, you can get with 8sleep. And the result is clear. 8sleep users in their surveys fall asleep up to 32% faster, reduce sleep interruptions by 40%, get overall more restful sleep. It's why it's so popular. Everybody, CEOs, athletes, performers, people who just like to sleep because sleep is a universal lever that helps all things. Right, Ian? That's right. He doesn't sleep very well, so I like to talk to him about sleep. He always makes me feel better because I almost always sleep better than him. But then some days when he sleeps better than me, whew, I really feel like I got to reevaluate my life. Go to 8sleep.com slash amp e-i-g-h-t sleep.com slash amp check out the pod pro and save 150 dollars at checkout using the promo code amp once again eight sleep.com slash amp save 150 dollars at checkout using promo code amp next up we have the cold plunge now the cold plunge is my cold plunge it's what i use pretty much every day and i'm cold plunging every day sometimes multiple times a day there is something about sliding in that cold water where it just focuses all of my extraneous thoughts. It's like I have this whole world of things going on in my mind and in my body, and all of a sudden it just clarifies, condenses, and by the time I plug my nose and dive my head underwater, triggering the mammalian dive reflex and all of the physiological adaptations that come along with that, feeling my heart rate slow down, boom, 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 boom. Everything in life gets really simple and really clear. And I emerge from that a different person than when I walked in. And the cold plunge is a great option. It looks like a really nice luxury bathtub. It's filtered, it circulates, it's sanitized, it's ready to go whenever you want it. It's great for indoor or outdoor use. So definitely if you're into cold therapy or you're looking to get into it, this is an excellent option. Check out thecoldplunge.com slash pages slash amp or use the promo code amp for $111 off. Once again, thecoldplunge.com slash pages slash amp. And lastly, we have on it, and I'm going to talk again about Alpha Brain Black Label. It took us 10 years to find a formula that was the black label version of Alpha Brain. What does black label mean? Well, that's just like the premium. That's the good shit. That's the top shelf shit. Now I love Alpha Brain. I'm actually on Alpha Brain regular right now and I feel sharp as fuck and I love it. But that's really actually only because I ran out of Alpha Brain black label. The reason that I like black label so much is it just has a couple different key ingredients. It has some nutritional mushrooms that actually help light up the brain it also has different forms of choline and it has mucunipurians which really taps into the dopamine system and really keeps me highly engaged focused and rewarded for the work that i'm doing so alpha brain black label is just my absolute go-to it's also really good as a mood enhancer i just feel better when i'm taking it and when my mood is better i'm more productive and i'm able to be at my best so if you guys haven't checked it out please do it is the shit also the packaging is super sexy so it's a great gift if you want to give it to somebody go to onit.com slash aubrey for 10 percent off everything at onit and also alpha brain black label once again onit.com slash aubrey and now an uninterrupted podcast with benjamin and azria becker as well as my beautiful wife vilana benjamin and azria becker hmm. 
you guys have been one of the examples that when I met you and you were talking about your union, I was like, wow, that's an interesting anomaly. <laughs> but I didn't really believe it because I wasn't with Filana yet. So you said something to me right out of the gate. And I was in a, a great partnership with Maya. And I was like, I'm pretty stoked about this. I think this could be it. And you said something to me that I'll never, ever forget. You said, well, it's either a full fuck yes or it's not. <laughs> and I was like, what do you even mean? Is there such a thing as the full fuck yes? Like, what are you even talking about? Like, I didn't think such a thing existed. And then I found it and I was like, oh man, he was telling the truth. And you guys have found that full fuck yes in each other and really mm. guided the way for me to believe it was possible. And I think in this conversation, hopefully so many other people to believe that a full fuck yes in a partnership, like a full one, a blistering full one is possible. Wow. <laughs> they say the, the hardest no to identify is the one closest to a yes. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And by they, he means he, he, he says that. <laughs> he refers to himself in the royal they. <laughs> He's just humble. He's like, they over there. But I was like, no, babe, that's your thing. <laughs> yeah. I guess what I'd say to that too is, is it, you know, looking at that like a, from an external perspective, what allowed that from my perspective is, is the work I did because I also didn't show up in previous relationships the way I needed to for them to show up the way I needed them to. And so you also have to be operating at that full fuck yes level. You have to be an energetic match to that. And and I wasn't previously. And, and, and so I, I'm grateful for all those previous relationships that allowed me to see where I wasn't showing up the way I needed to. And then, and then that was an energetic match to Azria. <laughs> when, he came in he came in with the full fuck yes before your full fuck yes mm. right like you were like oh yeah maybe so <laughs> right and that was how was that how was that feeling that sense of certainty from him first and then what was your process to get to your full fuck yes his certainty was the most exhilarating and most terrifying thing i think i'd ever felt in my body it was like i'd never been met with that level of unwavering certainty and i remember um someone asked me pretty early on right when we had met like what what is like one thing about benjamin that you would say if you had to pick one thing to describe like the nature of his love what would it be and i was just the answer was instant unwavering and i think because of my unique history and a lot of factors related to my childhood including the absence of my father and a lot of like moving around and very little stability and very little consistency in other words, a lot of waver. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that was a very foreign sensation. And at the same time, it was like what I'd been longing for my whole life. So we we talk a lot about, in our work, we talk a lot about um, everything you didn't know you wanted. Like there's that thing that you didn't know you wanted, but then when you when it's there, you're like, holy shit, I've been wanting this on some deep subconscious level my whole life. And so it was both the paradox of feeling like this was now being presented to me but in order to fully receive it, I had to face off with all of my deepest fears around it not being real or possible or 
not being ready or yeah, the, the commitment piece that it was an invitation into a commitment because that unwavering energy was like, here I am and I know what this is and I choose this fully. It makes no logical sense, but I'm choosing it anyway. It makes no logical sense to know that, you know, within a week of meeting each other, right? Right. Um, and, and, and with that unwavering energy then comes the invitation to meet, to meet it fully. And so what does it do? It, evo- it, it illuminates, in my case, it illuminated all of the waver inside of me mm-hmm. around like, what do I, what do I really want? Who am I really? What, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? I mean, there was like big questions that I'd never confronted before. Cause I, I've been in, in long, like monogamous committed relationships, but they were always, they ended up being committed because that's just what happened. But they were never mm-hmm. like, hey, we are committing to do this together. And certainly like the whole forever conversation was very foreign to me. I was like, forever, what? Like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. All I know, I don't even know where I'm going to be, you know, a week from now. I don't know where my rent's coming from next month. Like I was still very much living in a deep state of uncertainty, which I had made tremendous amount of peace with. And in a lot of ways that uncertainty was a comfort zone for me. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the unknown was a lot safer for me than the known, which is kind of the opposite of a lot of people. It's the, it's the other way around. Um, so for me to step into this timeline of like a shared life that is known and also as I'm learning infinitely unknown because we are such complex multidimensional beings, there's layers and layers and layers to one human being. You can go infinitely deep into one human being if you're willing to keep pulling back the layers. So the fear of like, oh my God, like, you know, what if this is, I guess there's always been a part of me that's like, I call, I call that this aspect of myself, the novelty whore, <laughs> you know, like the part of me that's like, yeah. okay, I did that. And that was really cool. And like, and now I'm on to the next thing, mm-hmm. you know, I had to really face off with that part of me, but in this journey of being together and seeing the layers come off and also Benjamin's willingness to reveal the layers and continue on this path of becoming really, as we call it. Um, which is a shedding and a transmuting and a constant shape-shifting and revealing of who we truly are. Um, it's, it never gets boring. There's yeah. no there's no timeline where it can get, be boring if you're really committed to that path. Yeah, that's the, that's a deep lesson. I think a lot of the fear is is that if you know that novelty works, like novelty works. Oh yeah. It but it only works to a certain depth, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the problem with no, novelty. It's self defeating, mm-hmm. you know, by its very nature, it's self defeating. Mm-hmm. Eventually, something becomes not novel, and so, in the absence of the pathways that can go deeper to create new novelty at new dimensional levels of depth, mm-hmm. then it is monotonous and it is boring. So you have to go back to the beginning of just raw novelty rather than the exploration of novelty at a different strata of your understanding of each other yeah david brooks in the second mountain talks about uh commitment and marriage and he talks about how it's really the it's the ultimate freedom Mm. because once you fully commit to something we spend so much of our time and energy searching right especially for a partner and and in the commitment is tremendous freedom because then you're free the rest of your your 
awareness and your bandwidth is is free to focus on all the other things that you have going on in your life and you could just commit to it and so it's it's also it's also drives a lot of freedom Mm -hmm. yeah it's the one choice that shapes all other choices it's and he says it in the book and i highly recommend the book and even just those particular chapters um are so powerful and completely changed my perspective on all of this but he says like if you actually stop and think about it, there is no decision that you will make in your entire life that is more important or more meaningful than who you're going to marry or be with or commit to, you know, in that way, because they will touch every area of your life. There's another great book called um, Becoming a King, where he uses this example of uh, your spouse is like this, this beautiful tree that's growing in the middle of the living room. And it's like, it's just smack in the middle and it's it's a it's amazing right it's alive and it's breathing and it's it's doing things and it's you love it anywhere. but it's also something you can you never can go into any room without having to like acknowledge the existence of the tree like it's going to affect every area of your life every decision you make um it's it's all a co-creation at that point and so mm-hmm. for me as a fiercely independent spirit and someone who had created a lot of self-worth and a lot of identification around independence Mm. as a necessity from an early age like i had that a huge part of me had to die to be able to come into this union yeah and um and when you say the full fuck yes it's also like what i'm learning is it's it's the full fuck yes and so what does full mean it's like the full spectrum experience of being in something with someone which is all the light all the magic all the juice and then also all the shadow all the trauma all the karmic patterns all the generational ancestral stuff that we we bring into relationships no you know what are you talking about look at that devious face as those words dance off your tongue baby If it was all if it was all light, I don't think I'd be sticking around all that long. Because the truth is that it's boring. You know, there's there's a richness in the soil of our of our shadow that is, yeah, it's a there's a there's a turn on for me there, not just like the part of me that relishes the full spectrum of the human experiences, but but also the part of me that likes the the danger. Mm-hmm. You know? When did you get this tattoo on your neck that says trust love? I got it five days before we got legally married. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it seems like that's a it's a message to yourself in all timelines, right? Like Absolutely. a big part of this journey is like how much can Azria trust love, mm-hmm. and that's a journey that you've been on yeah. as well. By you know, it's like a journey to trusting love. Yeah, still learning how to fully. It's like my my knowing is in this place that I absolutely do. And my body memory that knows such a different expression of a lot of suffering and pain and and trauma and love is like, it, it, my body's not totally there yet. I'm still bridging that gap of, you know, my knowing that knows I'm so safe and I'm, I'm so free to express myself fully and to know that, you know, like this is the this is the primary commitment. Like our sacred union is above all else that, you know, we experience in our lives, but my body's still learning how to like fully, fully mm-hmm. be there. The, bo- the body's slower. It's a yeah. lot slower than, yeah, the intellectual mind, right? And when you say knowing, we use that word a lot too. We've talked a lot about knowing. Um, 
Benjamin has this quote, I don't know if it's yours, but the opposite of learning is knowing. Mm. But that's talking about like an intellectual knowing, the, the kind of thing that you learn through, you know, reading books or even personal experience. In our book, we capitalize the whole word knowing to distinguish it from the intellectual knowing. And the knowing you're talking about is like the capitalized version, yeah. which is that deep soul remembrance where it's beyond logic, beyond yeah. reason. And it's just a felt sense. I exactly. recall it knowing with a capital G as in gnosis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how we, we almost went with the capital G. And then we were like, don't know how many people know the whole gnosis thing. <laughs> I'd be a little deep end. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting yeah. to reflect because all of these, all of these, this patterning that we have and these constructs to protect ourselves in life, like abandonment, but you know, all these things, there's a similar strand that's like, I can't fully trust in love. Oh, I can't yeah. trust in it to hold me, to see me, to support me through those darker paths of going through our shadow. Like, like how can I actually just have this felt sense of fully trusting in love with all of me? It's like, it's a, freaking journey it's like a lifeline you know yeah. i would say it's if you boil down the whole human dilemma it all comes back down to trusting love not just romantic love or love and partnership <laughs> but like like capital l love like the universal love like am i loved by life am i loved by the universe mm -hmm. am i safe by in this earth. place in my body on this planet like yeah. am i loved by creation is really the bigger question right and it becomes a subject object question because it's not the love itself that's untrustworthy. Love is love. Mm -hmm. Love is love. But the, do we trust the vehicle from which that love is transmuted? Mm -hmm. And you know the fallibility of the human being. And we've seen that before. And Vi's seen that so many times. Like, I've given you all of my love. And then you've betrayed me in some way. And, or I've been in love with life. And then you know a car accident happened or something happened or i lost my sibling or some something happened you're like i don't i don't trust the love of that i have for my life anymore because and so you project that onto it but it's it's very interesting because it's it's the love that's love is always trustworthy but the source from which it comes which yeah. we try to say this is the source of love can we can have all kinds of doubts mm -hmm. about that aspect and so when she said you know in a, in one of our challenging moments she said i I just don't trust love. And I said, well, it's not that you don't trust love. It's that right now you don't trust me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like- That distinction is, yeah, that and distinction so, And with that, I was you know, saying like, is there a part of you that really feels that you don't trust me? Mm. And she was like, huh. <laughs> let, me, let me sit with that. Let yeah. me sit with that real quick. I don't quick. think so, but I guess so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th like for, for me, that wound that wounding came from- from childhood of like, I experienced love. I received love. I knew love. I knew it existed, but I don't know how to feel safe and in full surrender with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But just the ability to see that and be able to express that and be able to let that be a part of where you are at in your journey right now and let that be welcome in the container yeah. of this union. Not be triggered. Yeah. is in and of itself medicine right to be like hey here's this part of me that doesn't fully trust you or this and for him to to be in that loving space of like okay and let us integrate that part however long it may take because the body mind is a lot slower and takes more time it's that cellular memory right it has to be like rewritten reprogrammed, reprogrammed yeah. through new experiences mm -hmm. new neural networks 
And it can be just so that you know, it can be a beautiful experience. Like the, the, the remembering, you know, the yeah. remembering that's happening here has been beautiful. Yeah. You know, hasn't been re-traumatizing. It hasn't been, it's just like, okay, here's the safe space for me to remember that I can. There are precious few stories like the story that we're writing and the story that we're telling. You know, there's all of these fantastical Disney-esque or Hollywood stories about love and then it gets everybody all hopeful and fired up about it. And then we see, we don't typically see it play out in reality that often. And, and so it almost makes it, you know, feels like, ah, it's not really that possible. You know, there's there's it can't be really that good and so there's this important thing of and i think you guys were that for us in many ways which was we felt it but the fact that there was somebody else like we wanted to be like no no no, i'm telling y'all i hear you you're saying it's the honeymoon thing and just wait a little mm -hmm. while like i hear all of that and like i don't disagree that based upon everything that you've seen and the disillusionment that you've had with the stories that you believe that that's the case but i'm telling you this is different mm -hmm. you know i'm telling everybody's like get a prenup bob you know just to be sure i'm like no i'm not <laughs> you know like i'm i just i'm certain <laughs> she's I, all happy i trust you i trust yeah. you but everybody's like i know man i know everybody's certain and i'm like yeah i, I get it that everybody's certain but i'm actually certain yeah you we know? had a really funny call with his accountants he was like they're gonna be so pissed i'm not getting a prenup yeah. we, we we're on the phone with them on speaker and he's like i want to introduce you you know we're gonna get legally married and they're like oh great so <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally prenup <laughs> He's like, nope. They're like, okay. <laughs> Voices get yeah. a couple pitch higher. Yeah. But there aren't oh. like there aren't a lot of like really healthy models yeah. to look to of like, well, I, that that's it. I actually see it and I feel it and 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 you know you feel it exuding out of your relationship and that's so rare, you know. And I think that's 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 why it's been so beautiful deepening our relationship with you guys cuz mm -hmm. we we feel so much that you mirror so much of what our of what our relationship represents to us and to the world and it's like you know this is possible mm -hmm. it is possible to be a full fuck yes mm -hmm. like it's, it's important to have those 4 minute mile you know examples yeah, right exactly. out in the world and so thank you we receive that and and it's reciprocal right because you seeing you guys evolved it's it's like this you know uh as we calls it the slinky effect where it's like you know seeing it reflected in you also allows us to grow um but it's so important and it's also important within the relationship like we have very different strengths and so she's been my four minute mile analogy um where like I've I've seen the way she shows up in the world, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was possible. I want to I want to I want to feel that and mm -hmm. show up in that way, and and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that felt we we learn so much more from just seeing something and knowing that it's possible. Like belief is such that powerful force, and to really mm -hmm. believe that. And of course, there's going to be those people like, oh, look at these still newlyweds talking <laughs> like they made it, right? And and that's fine. And I welcome all of that you know skepticism and if you want wait your whole life and then you'll be proved <laughs> wrong and if that's the way you want to play it go for it or like trust that we're actually telling you the truth mm -hmm. yeah you know and, and either way you know you don't you're not guaranteed that you're right but but to trust that i think is really interesting and it's not to force it and that was also another thing like if it's a force it's that no that's very close to a yes if you're like forcing it 
you know it's not a forcing thing it's a lot more Taoism than stoicism mm. of some, or something you know yeah. it's more like allowing allowing yeah. like really let this happen and i also think that this whole idea of like this honeymoon phase is this like i mean from a scientific perspective it's all pretty bleak right it's like okay you're biochemically evolutionarily going through an incredibly altered state of consciousness what you're experiencing is really not real. It's just a bunch of chemicals released in your body. And so you're seeing this person through these rose-colored glasses and like, it's gonna it's gonna wear off and then you're gonna be sitting there, yeah. you know, being like, holy shit, now I see the real you and I'm like stuck with you and now I'm kind of over it and now I'm gonna go find someone hey, else. Hey, hey, This is the <laughs> I'm telling you. This is the science. When I've read about it from the scientific lens, I found it incredibly jaded. Of course. Mm-hmm. And... And so there's been a real curiosity for me around like, okay, in order for it to run that course, in, what that means is that we have no say over the, our biochemistry, right? Our biochemistry is essentially running us and it's doing its thing and we're just kind of at the whim of it. I think so much of the journey of self realization, actualization, mastery is starting to, control is the wrong word, but create a conscious relationship with your nervous system, mm-hmm. with your your energy body, with how your thought patterns and your physicality and your mannerisms and all these things affect you know, your biochemistry. And so as you gain mastery over that, you have the capacity to, for example, open your heart, right? Like that's one simple thing. It's not at all simple, but it sounds simple. Um, to just the, the ability to track what makes my heart close or contract even just slightly versus what makes it open. And being able to, you know, realize that, okay, yes, in this early stage romance, my heart is blasted open and I'm not really doing anything consciously for that to occur. But if I'm really on the path, then I can learn to open my heart through the power of choice. And in a moment where my heart may want to potentially close, which would create separation in my partnership and over time could create complete separation, Mm -hmm. I can consciously choose to lean in instead of lean out. Mm -hmm. I can consciously choose to open instead of close. And I think it's those micro decisions in everyday moments that ultimately determines whether you're in a relationship that is on the timeline of becoming more and more intimate, connected, passionate, alive, or on the timeline of what science would say, which is like, this is fizzling and burning out and now we're bored and now we're moving on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like those, which timeline are you on is entirely determined by the micro decisions you make in every single moment. When, you know, we had a moment the other day where we were on the phone with his doctor and I was like, giving him a hard time for not chewing his food more fully because whatever, I'm not going to get into the details. It's coming from love, right? I love him so much. I don't want him to like have issues. And he's like, will you just give it a rest? Please, woman. And I was like, triggered. And I like walked away. And then I I sat with it and I was like, okay, I could just say I'm sorry and like realize that like that was unnecessary. And I could just keep my heart open. (laughs) And so I just did that. Yeah. 
And it was just like, it could be that simple, right? Or I could be righteous and be like, no, but I'm right. But you, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then your separation goes into sleeping separately and exactly. feeling crappy and into the next. And then you like start breeding resentment. It's like those, yeah. Those, those things micro. fester She's talking over just time. hypothetically. She's never done that. <laughs> she's never once done that where she's just left in the middle of a fight or anything like that. But these things Not fester, even the tiny, tiny, tiny little things, right? And so it's like just being able to have that. I mean, ultimately, it's all self-awareness to say, no, I don't choose this. I choose this. I choose the opening. I, I think in our relationship, one of the things that's really unique, and it's new for me, um, and really it's been beautiful to like step into a relationship in a different place, but we've, we've never been in a fight. And we've had the most challenging conversations we could possibly have. We've 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 thought our relationship was you know at a at risk at times and moves through some really challenging things you you call them your your death portal death death portals portals. yeah and uh we went through two and uh and really not for anything related to like the love between us but really questioning alignment um but we did it really with open, open-hearted through through all of it, through the most difficult conversation, through hearing the exact opposite thing you want to hear, um, and so that's been beautiful to experience and to see that you you can stay open through the most challenging experiences. Through like that, the deep value of truth and and being in integrity with yourself. Like we we actually just had an instance last night where, like, f- for me, what's been so helpful is like just automatically naming where I'm at. Mm. Like if something arises and I have a physical, any kind of discomfort in my body, it's like, this is what I'm feeling in my body and allowing him to see me in it and mm-hmm. and not giving it any more life to be like sitting on it and letting it stir and, you know, become into a bigger monster. It's just like, this is what I'm feeling, you know, like this feels a little bit threatening to me or this feels a little bit unsafe. And like, there's like his reflection to me is like it's so beautiful for you to be able to witness yourself and to name it and 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 it breeds like such deep intimacy through mm-hmm. that like like very just deep expression of truth mm-hmm. you know even where like prior to this relationship I probably would have felt embarrassed or like mm-hmm. you know they're going to reject me if I have anything that's not just like bright and awesome and passive but like mm-hmm. no like this is a this is a relationship like intimacy comes through that deep level of truth and Brian and I have had some fights. You know, we, we've had some fights. And I remember one of the very first really big ones we had after getting engaged was uh, it's always over something small. really small. And then it <laughs> so just trivial. then it just escalates. And you know, there's we've had different challenging relationships, and Vi in particular has had a lot of traumatic relationships, and the coping mechanisms for those come online, and I've certainly had you know my own my own issues as well and i remember it was really interesting cuz this this blew like it got so big this argument you know like so big and we had to like we were taking some space in different sides of the house or something like that and i really thought about it and it was like whoa like this is i never would have expected us to go this deep mm-hmm. into separation and there was this like fundamental thing like what I feel and what I know is not wrong now. And it was this this choice of like, no, no, no matter what, no matter, no matter what I choose that I'm in, mm-hmm. no matter how many times this happens, no matter what. And there was this this real release in that, like you said, the freedom of, no, no, we're committed no matter mm-hmm. what. And this mm-hmm. is this is all in. And when we came together, that's just what I was 
expressing i think you were, you were huddled on the driveway somewhere mm. after wandering wandering oh, in, Sedona. In, yeah, yeah. in your sorrow and i was we like were, i'm gonna, this is we're together forever like so how do we want to you know however we want to move through this we can and that was like that was a that was a big significant difference because in every other relationship i'd have been like there's an eh, well you know maybe this means that it's not time mm-hmm. I, I really like the jim dethmer um quote uh, what are you willing to risk for full aliveness mm. and so in his he talks about in his relationship with his his spouse um that they're in a relationship and i feel like it resonates for us and i see it in you guys that if you're willing to feel uncomfortable to say i'm uncomfortable and you're willing to put everything on the table and deal with the, have those uncomfortable conversations and face them head on with with openness then what you get on the other side of that is like full aliveness and that's a full relationship and so being willing to to say hey i feel this is allowing for that full expression of life yeah mm-hmm. and also the, also the um in that expression too, I think the thing that's really important is like the softness and curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like my body's having this response right now, but I'm also curious, like yeah. maybe this is an edge for me, you know, like not like this is my trigger. You have to be this way, but like this is, this is how I'm feeling. And also I'm really curious about it and how can we work through it together? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, there's, there's something like we definitely didn't hit the ground f- like fighting elegantly you know what i mean like there this is a process Mm -hmm. for us everything in our relationship's been so beautiful but when it got ugly over some trivial thing like a a race up a hill that i won and joked with her a little too much about or like or like some other (laughs) it's always like most of the time i have like we're very sarcastic with each other Uh and sometimes he can pick on up on my sarcasm they're actually being a little bit more there Mm. and my does, like my own judgment of myself, like how could I hurt the person that I love sometimes gets me stuck in like, but mm. that's not where it was coming from. So we would mm. just get in these like circular arguments that was just getting, <laughs> and the arguments aren't like screaming and yelling at each other, but they're just like, it's not going anywhere. Like nothing is, nothing is, nothing is happening here. But, but. The, there was like a beautiful turning point moment where in one of these ones that went from triviality to intensity, you know, we were we were arguing and i just got absolutely annihilated like absolutely decimated in this and i'm a i consider myself a fairly good arguer (laughs) you know i feel like i can hold my own you know it's Uh like imagining that you're like a good martial artist and then you just get your ass whipped like so bad like maybe you're a great taekwondo (laughs) expert and then you run into a gracie and he just is choking you relentlessly and you don't know what's happening so did you get turned on (laughs) (laughs) but what was interesting so she goes off and it was a very ridiculous thing she goes off to her own experience that night with uh with a group of her friends and i was at home and we didn't really resolve it so i couldn't sleep so i'm up till like and she didn't come home till like Five I was doing a sound healing on the solstice that went mm. really late. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I wasn't partying. <laughs> partying with my friends. He's like, five in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So, but ultimately, through that time, it was actually really beautiful because that was the last point where we've ever had something that escalated like that. Because I had this understanding that if we get into that, Vi will destroy me. 
she will absolutely destroy me and so when she came back she was like man that was awful and i was like no stop that was awesome i was like <laughs> did turn wow. you back. <laughs> i was like that was awesome that was like i encountered a force of nature right like i have never been dominated like that before <laughs> in my life Kali. in my life and there was this kind of like oh wow like i, I wasn't you know i wasn't castigating her i wasn't judging her for it i was like appreciating that mm -hmm. level and since then like you know there's been a couple other things that have come up where i've i've immediately felt where i could try and hold my ground but i was like i know how this ends and it ends with me getting my ass kicked so i'm just like you win Vi. like you win mm. and then she goes oh well i don't want to win <laughs> like i'm not trying it to takes the like, fight out of it you it takes the yeah. fight yeah it just takes that it takes that energy out and in that experience too you know moving through my own shadow and triggers like he gave me the permission to really love myself there mm. and like his acceptance of that energy in me because i've always had it that very you know like a lot of women have like people love to paint women as like you're the crazy woman like when her boundaries are crossed and then she freaks out like i've had that energy and it's 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 cutting you know and it's 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 like my my mind for some reason just goes into this red state where it's just like i know how to get you know i know how to say the thing to get it <clears throat> to stop um but his acceptance of it and in some way this very beautiful reverence for it like it is you know the the kali depiction standing on top of shiva mm -hmm. like that force of power and his surrender to it it's like we haven't had and it, for for one, it helped me to really integrate that energy in myself and be more loving with myself and um, to not repress that side of me. And also, you know, like his his acceptance of that and his surrender, that's kind of just like, you know, I know where this goes. I don't want to win. It helps me to meet, it helps well, me I to be in win. A, so it helps <laughs> me. If, if I had a chance of winning, it might not have actually worked. And it, like but, we might've been like, all right. You want to lock horns? We'll lock horns. Let's keep going. But when I know that it's like, I'm not going to fight Kyle Kingsbury. Like he's going to fucking kick my ass. But it sounds like a an empowered surrender though, because I totally. think there's a big it, difference yeah. between being it, like cowering to someone else's raw force of nature, whether yeah. it's, you know, holy fury or whatever, and being like, oh my God, like I'm literally scared of you, which is not at all sexy. Not healthy. Yeah. Um, or being like, whoa, like I respect that. And mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not going to mess with it but like I'm empowered in my surrender. Yeah. And what that really is communicating to you is he can hold all of you. Yeah. He can hold even that part of you. He can see it through a lens of reverence. That's a safe place. Yeah. It's been beautiful to see you guys lean into like the safety of the relationship, like just seeing your relationship evolve and how much more comfortable you guys are with each other in that sense. And like, that fighting feels like it's it's gonna just dwindle away because it already is yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it, i mean it's like anytime we get there it's like this it's like the switch that happens if i mentally go into that space that's very much a programming you know mm -hmm. it's also ancestral like the lin my, the women in my family it's like they call it madame pele energy it's mm -hmm. like the force of the volcano that's destruction and creation and that is an aspect that we all have within us but his surrender to it it's like it flips the switch back so i'm thinking more from a compassionate place and like this is my beloved like mm -hmm. i don't this is not what i want i also am no longer shaming myself and repressing it further and rejecting any part of myself yeah. but it's like then the shame causes you to deny that it's actually happening yeah right because you don't yeah. want to acknowledge that you're not righteous and justified in your action because mm -hmm. you're ashamed of 
that aspect. But when the shame is removed, you can see it and be like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see it. So anytime you want to bring it <laughs> yeah, out, it's, like, it's damn we'll get impressive. some popcorn. <laughs> it is the most violent, nonviolent communication you've That's ever heard in your it. life. You, that is your, you're the greatest at the violent, nonviolent communication. <laughs> it's like all the right language so that you can't question the language. It's not like she's calling me a right. name or something like, oh, you're going to call me names now? It's like, yeah. And it's not screaming. It's very just like, <laughs> it's, like, it's very direct and very huh. like, you know, it kind of emotionless and very dry, really? but it's like <laughs> very violent, nonviolent communication. And I'll say that in previous relationships, I had that, like I, I showed up in that way. And mm -hmm. and in my my last relationship, it would get nasty. And that was coming from a wounded place. Mm -hmm. And that relationship taught me that um, that like I didn't like myself. And the further I got, when I ended that relationship, I was very much pointing the finger and like, here's a laundry list of all the things she was doing wrong. And the further I got away from that relationship, the more I, I looked in the mirror and was like, wait, wait, wait. Like she, 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 she couldn't show up the way I needed her to because of how I was showing up and I was yeah. really defensive and attacking and I would I'd go for the, I was really good. I'd go for, I was like you, like <laughs> I'll take your throat off. You know, you want to argue? Let's go. And, and then, Spicy. you know, over time I just, and our relationship kind of, you know, snowballed in a negative way because of that. And, but I think over time with reflection, I really realized I didn't want to show up that way. And it, yeah. it, and I'm thankful for that relationship because it allowed me to see that within myself and show up differently. And mm -hmm. to take responsibility, yeah. you know, like it's, it's not like he just surrenders. So I'm like, oh, I won and I can move. It's like, no, mm -hmm. it actually, instead of going through the cycle of, I have this expression that's, you know, very shadowy and reactive. And then I go into shame. Cause it's like, as soon as that happens and I feel the level of hurt that I have created, I am so hard on myself and I hate myself for it. It's like, mm -hmm. that's, it's a lot of the reason why I've had an avoidant pattern is because I know my capacity to go there and I don't want to do that because I judge myself so intensely afterwards. So I just leave, mm -hmm. you know, which on some, sometimes it's helpful because I can blow off steam and journal and get clear about what's actually going on for me. Sometimes it's just, you know, it's just a way to get out and mm -hmm. escape. Um, but yeah, this just the way that that we've related with it. It's just helped me to not go through those cycles to actually take full responsibility, not shaming and guilting myself through it, but like like owning how much I want, you know, for my beloved to feel seen and 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 not, you know, not transgressing this relationship. Like it's it's yeah, it's really really helped me a Another lot. Another code that's for people as we're talking about like navigating conflict, which is super important in relationships, like it's essential is when she retreats which is something that she likes to do i would rather just hash it out until it's hashed out i'd rather mm -hmm. like stick in it and if it gets stormy or whatever stick with the storm and the, the winds the calm winds will come right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but she would much prefer to like let's take some space and you know i have enough sense to not chase her yeah right and like because if I, I chase her then i'm crowding her and then it's just continuing the whole thing so just learning like all right just hang out you know, like, it, like he allows me to be where i'm at without judgment and that i mean even that didn't last very long like that was a tendency of mine in another partnership you know our attachment styles were in conflict they were very anxious and i was avoidant so like when i needed to breathe and take space when i felt like there wasn't communication and then there was the anxiousness towards me not having space it just felt like i was literally gonna explode and 
he gives me the space when I need it. And, and, and I take the space, like I, I use it very consciously, particularly in our relationship to like get clear and right with what's happening within me. And, you know, the few times that that's happened, I'm journaling. And then it's like, I'm so grateful that he just gave me the space to go mm. through my process and didn't get triggered by it, didn't shame me for it or make me feel guilty that I needed to do it. And then it's like, oh, fuck. Then I go right back and I'm just like, I want to be in love. Like, yeah, how yeah, can yeah. we move through oh, this? But pendulum swings. Yeah, it's like, and it's, yeah. and it's fast and not dramatic. Yeah. And it's help, help, helped me to unwind that very deep patterning of how I've just been, you know, in relationship yeah. before. You're so great. Oh, thanks, babe. What are some <laughs> lessons from the death portals that you guys have been in navigating situations where you just didn't know if you could make it work? Lessons from the death portals, a memoir. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a big question. God, there's a lot of lessons. I think that when everything is fine and dandy, like that's great. Obviously we want that, right? We want harmony in relationships, but I think the trust that we've created and cultivated in a sh fairly short period of time largely came from our willingness to walk through those death portals together, not knowing if we were going to come out the other side as a unit and really like going into the timelines in which we don't and fully processing that as much as you can, you know, in a hypothetical situation, but like really going there emotionally and feeling that as if it's really happening. Um, it's, it's almost like, to me, the way I experience it is like, there's this alchemical process that happens. It's like a transmutation process where the dross is burned away from like all the things that are not fully in resonance or not fully working cannot continue to exist in that pressure cooker. So they have to be burned away, fall away, transmuted mm. into something new. And so on the other side, there's a freshness and a newness and an aliveness that has always come online for us and a deeper trust and a deeper knowing. So even though they were the hardest things, they also, I think, forged us in a way that I'm super grateful for. And I remember distinctly one moment, and it's interesting to see the parallels because Benjamin is a lot more like you, Vi, and you guys the, Aubrey poet. and I are a <laughs> lot more alike, which makes sense because of the polarities, right? Yeah. In some ways, um, in some ways, it's the opposite yeah. too, though. Yeah, that is way dirtier than me. <laughs> <laughs> You're just closeted. You're just closeted. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Listen to the Layla Martin oh podcast. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> we did go to the same high school, so maybe that's to do with right. their education. That's so wild. <laughs> but but anyway, so you know, you the this in the second death portal, there was a moment where Benjamin really like got to a place of real anger a place of anger that I've never felt him in before. And I think there was a part of me that was deeply afraid of, like a part of me that knew that that was in there, but I'd never seen it like come out. And yeah, based on the situation, it came out. And uh, we had a we had a conversation. He's like you, he, he needed space, so he left. Um, but, I went but he, to your place in, in Sedona. <laughs> I went to your ranch in Sedona for He's two like, weeks. I'm out of here. Um, which was really hard for me because I'm like you. I'm like, let's work through it now in real time. Mm -hmm. And so to just be like, no, it's it's okay. It's healthy for him to take this space. Anyway, he was moving through his own process, but at one point he was fucking pissed, like furious. 
And he called me in the middle of that and we had a powerful conversation. And there was, as he was sharing his rage, it was almost like one of my biggest fears I was now fully confronted with, which was like his rage in my face at me for something that I did. And it was like in that moment, there was this peace and this clarity that I felt because I was like, oh, here it is. And it's almost like I felt the love in the anger. I was mm. like, this is just another expression of his passion and his love for me. It's coming through rage in this moment. Beautiful perspective. That's but really like, beautiful. I felt the love behind it. And I was like, this, he wouldn't be so pissed if he didn't love me so fucking so much. much. Yeah. And so it was interesting because I felt so deeply calm and centered throughout that conversation. And it was like, it almost, it increased my clarity and my knowingness of like, oh, I'm all in, like we're doing this. Mm. Even though I would have assumed that it would do the opposite, that it would make me question or make me be like, see, I told you, I knew this was in here and I'm like, I can't with this. Mm -hmm. But it was actually the total opposite effect. So that was an interesting learning from mm. the experience. I would answer the question by saying, we're at a stage in our you know, evolution that, and we love each other so deeply that as we move through those um, death portals, we wouldn't allow the other person to compromise. And so we got to a place where it was like, this is your truth and this is my truth. And those two truths don't go on the same path. And so the reason that it went to such a serious place so quickly was we both knew that we wouldn't allow the other person to compromise. And I guess I'll just say it, it was around a child conversation. And so, you know, I was a no to having more children. And she went from like a maybe when we first met to a certainty. And there was no way she was going to allow me to have a child just because she wants one. And there was no way I was gonna allow her not to have a child just because I didn't wanna have one. And mm -hmm. so we knew. Like the full fuck yes ethos right there. Mm -hmm. Well, we knew we had to either separate or meet each other in a new truth. Mm -hmm. And so her truth needed to shift or my truth. And when we both need to land there Authentically. Authentically from our own perspective. And and we were able to do that. And it was and it was in that full surrender. And and like what she was saying earlier, um when I went to Sedona, I went and felt like I went to the place and I was like, okay, our relationships like hypothetically over. I allowed myself to feel that fully. What does that feel like? What does my life look like? And I went into a really dark place for a moment, very consciously. This wasn't like, oh my God, I'm spiraling. I went like, no, let's fucking go there. Like I imagined her with somebody else. I imagined my life, you know, everything we're creating and the becoming platform and all that like dissipating, right? The book, the documentary, none of that happening. And I allowed myself to feel that so that I can, I could like, I go to that worst place scenario and say, okay, like I felt that and I'm still good and I'm still whole. Mm. Liberating yourself from the and fear. And liberated. Of and so that then when I did, so when we came back together, and both of us really did. And so when we came back to it, it wasn't from a place of like I'm clinging, right? I don't want this to happen. It was like I already felt that. I felt that it already happened. Mm. You know, our relationship ended in, internally. And I processed that and I went through that so that when I came back to it, it wasn't from a, 
both of us. It wasn't coming from a needy, clingy energy. It was our attachment. It was coming from a place of like, no, this is this is actually coming from a positive, full fuck yes energy. Mm, it's so, yeah. Go ahead. No, you can you can. I was just gonna gonna say we had a very similar death portal right before, right before we got married. It's it's the one that you were it's the one that you were referring to. Mm. where we had a very difficult, you know, it was supposed to be like a loving ceremony that ended up being very, very challenging and the most like separate I had ever felt from him and um, went so deep into this idea. Like, I can't believe I've never even questioned this before. Mm. I never questioned if this was the right thing. It was just always a full fuck yes. Mm -hmm. And in, in my processing, I had to go through that. Like if I walk away from this, if this isn't the right thing, who am I on the other side? Very, very similar. And, and, and that was, that was the thing that, that helped me to come back to it, you know, with this different level of love and choice and acceptance, like I will be okay. Like I will be okay. I will live my purpose, all these things, but like, but I choose this, you know, it's like such a similar, such a similar there's a lot experience. of like new age thinking around, well, don't even think about it because then you're <laughs> making it into reality. But the reality is, is if your subconscious is afraid of it and you're thinking about it constantly, you have no opportunity to dispel it. Well, anything and, you're resisting, yeah. you, you persist. Exactly. Yeah. So this this idea, I think it's this real misnomer about, you know, don't even think about it because then you're calling it into action. Well, if it's something that will affect you, there's some aspect of you that's attracting yourself towards it. And the way to dispel it is to go into it. And in it's just like we're all, you know, have a lot of experience in plant medicine journeys. And it's the same thing. Like you try to resist, like ayahuasca wants to take you somewhere and you want to try to hold on to the rails like as on the water there. slide. Like there's just going to be more water and it's mm -hmm. just going to hurt worse. You're going to go, you know, upside down and, you know, the, half drowning on your way out there. Mm -hmm. Or you just let it go and i think a real another interesting example of that is you know violana's had a lot of betrayal in her relationships a lot of people cheating on her lying to her and, and all of these things and the impetus of that you know that she's identified in the men was lust of course right like that's what drove it and some other things were there but i remember in ayahuasca when we were in sultara i had a deep ceremony where i could feel that I had, I of course had that lust, the universal capital L lust, but I could tell that there was a part because of her experiences that that part of me was scary. Just like for you, the Ben's, Benjamin's anger is mm -hmm. scary, mm -hmm. you know? And so I felt like, wow, like she's scared of this part. And so there's some part of me that doesn't feel seen and doesn't feel fully loved because mm. there's a part of me that she's not willing to look at. So I expressed it then. I was like, you know, I was experiencing my lust and, you know, I, I really, I really want to show that to you and have you, you know, hold it with me. Mm. And she was like, kind of like laughed it off at that point. Like, ha ha ha, you're lust, how funny, you're a savage, blah, blah, blah. I was like, didn't land. <laughs> Did, that didn't land. We'll move on. We'll, we'll move come on. back to It'll it. Yeah. But Bookmark. Then, yeah. But then ultimately, you know, a little bit more, a little bit like just dropping a little bit more and, and the patience to let that unfurl. But knowing like at some point, if we're going to deepen our union, she has to see the scary part mm -hmm. and look at that. And then finally, you know, through a variety of different things that came to surface, she made the conscious choice 
okay, I'm going to fucking look at it. And it sounds like a very similar thing that she had to go through. I had herself. to, I had to, I wanted to resist it because the, the knowing in my body of how traumatic, you know, like, like the story, like the, the, the lust of the masculine means I'm not chosen mm. essentially, you know, when then this is, you know, my sacred union, I feel safe for the first time. I really truly feel chosen. You know, this is beautiful, but there's also this other element that whether I'm facing off with it head on or not, it exists, mm -hmm. you know, and it pops up in tiny little trigger moments where, um, you know, like it, I'm, I'm, I might not be tracking it, but it arises and I had to go into it. It was like literally had to, you know, in, in a ceremony space, was trying to resist it like it's just like he was talking about i don't want to envision him having sex with this person because then i'm going to be creating it and i'm just bargaining and trying to like not go there and then finally it was like no you have to go in there and it was you know envisioning him with this other person and and i hated it the whole time but I didn't die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then in, in, for, in, in, in going into it and I really- I fucked her so good, hey! you died. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> God. Doesn't happen that way. <laughs> but then there was this incredible release of this energy that happened and the, and the music that happened as I was in this that brought me to the realization of the truth of what this is. And it's so- far beyond any physical expression, any fear I've ever had. It was like something about going into the fear helped me to realize the full mm -hmm. expression of the truth yeah, of what this is. And that was the only, that was the only way that I could, I mean, I'm sure that there's also the physical expression of, you know, that being a potential, a potential experience, but like. More challenging way to, to go about it. Yeah. <laughs> Not but, necessarily recommended. But, but for my own psyche and my own wellness and thriving, I had to go there. Yeah. Like I really, really had to. Well, I got lucky. She gets turned on by the, <laughs> the thought of me that's with another woman. That's a different tangent. That's a different podcast. Different podcast. <laughs> no, but I was going to just say like, what you're saying really is like, it's the polarity really. That, and that's what so much of the medicine work for me is, is, is about really understanding and integrating is like the true polarity that we exist within in this universe, the spectrum of opposites that we exist within. And so it's like the more you face the fear, in direct proportion, the more you can feel the truth of the the safety of this love, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like the more that I that we went into the death, the more alive our union became. Yeah. And I feel like death is it's an I have an interesting relationship with death. In a way, I feel like death is actually present for me all the time. And it is the very thing that makes me appreciate life so much because I have this almost constant awareness that like nothing is ever fixed or forever or you know there's a constant fluidity to this experience and to not take anything for granted and be so immersed with what's right in front of me a huge vehicle for me to be able to do that and live that way is my awareness of death as this constant polarity counterpart to the experience I'm having in this moment mm. um, and I think it's part of why I can love so deeply too, because it's like nothing is guaranteed. The mm -hmm. moment we think it, you know, even like you can make commitments and you can say vows and you can put a ring on someone's finger, but like there are universal forces that are bigger than us that we cannot control. And, and so to live with that awareness is both terrifying, 
but also exhilarating because it makes everything, it makes the colors brighter. It makes the, mm -hmm. the, the richness of the moments so much deeper. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to feel like to, if when we're going this deep into union, if there's a part that's walled off that you, you don't feel safe to show or you, and you don't feel safe to express and you don't, if there's that part of you that's walled off, it becomes glaringly obvious, mm -hmm. you know, like this is really obvious. It's like, as you get healthier in your diet and you really clean your diet, like maybe you were able to go eat, you know, Carl's Jr. Double Western bacon oh. cheeseburger with the, with the fucking it. waffle cut fries yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. And then you were like, yeah, I feel great. But then you, you get, you really clean up your diet and then you eat one of those and you're like, God damn, I feel horrible. This is awful. The contrast. It's the contrast. And when you start entering deeper into love, those things that you're hiding, those things that are unsafe, they start to like get louder and louder and louder and, and become absolutely insufferable. Relentless. Yeah. yeah, they're relentless. Oh, my, my dreams are a freaking savage. Like, mm. oh man, I didn't consciously, like none of this is actually happening in my mind, but subconsciously and unconsciously all the programming, you know, from just years of so many things, like there's, there's okay, here's this new thing that I'm yeah. <laughs> gonna approach with my beloved, but yeah. yeah. She was trying to express to me just uh, the other day that she had a really bad dream and she got in a whipping fight with one of my exes. And I, I was like, can you tell me more? I didn't say it was a bad dream. How was this whipping fight? Hold on, let me get no, some lotion. <laughs> it, was a very, it was a very healing dream. Like there was just kind of like a having it out experience oh, in the wow. dream. But then there was like this beautiful truth mm. to just like be able to sit down and just be like, like just talk casually and openly and intimately it wasn't it wasn't horrible oh no I, I didn't think it was horrible at all i thought it was quite <laughs> he's like tell me more i'm like they were like workout bands shut up <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting how the subconscious processes information and like i think a lot of time really purges yeah. stuff too and uh yeah, that's a whole that's a whole rabbit hole in and of itself. But the relentless piece, we use that word a fair amount. We actually almost named our book Relentless Devotion yeah, at one point. We're still thinking of calling the documentary Relentlessly Becoming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, so, and sometimes we say it from a place of like, holy shit, like this is just it's relentless. Like once you're on the path, uh, and our our sister Blue was saying this yesterday, she's like, the Gene Keys talks about how you know, you think you're like, okay, I'm doing the work and I'm, I'm, I'm using the tools and I'm shedding my trauma and my childhood shit and like my shadows, like everything should get easier, right? But you become so hyper aware that you can't escape yourself anymore, not even the subtlest stuff. So there's this sense of relentlessness mm. where you're like, wow, like, and now I see this part and now I see this part and now I see this part. And it's like the fine tuning, right? The, the, the polishing of the diamond in, in the beginning, it's like this big boulder and you're taking the jackhammer to it and so it's there's a lot of reward and then as it's as you get more refined with your awareness it's like the tiniest little thing you can't get away with it anymore yeah. you just can't get you're away too with aware. it especially you're too when you aware. have a partner that's too aware <laughs> the mirror can be relentless too yeah for sure for sorry sure. babe <laughs> yeah and that's been something that i've had to really learn too is because i do see you know, it's one of my gifts is, is my ability to see the little blind spots and the little things that are slightly out of alignment or not 100% in presence or whatever. 
and to really have the discernment to know when it's helpful to reflect that back and when it's helpful to actually not. Yep. Yep. <laughs> to just like mm-hmm. let it be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really in that in that <laughs> inquiry right now where I'm like, Azria, just just walk in the other room, just sit down, take a breath, and just like let it be enough. Like, you know, that you don't have to because it can or... fall into the nitpicky fix kind of yeah. this whole relentless becoming who we are always designed to be thing is beautiful and it can get annoying. Yeah, you need a break once in a while. Like, <laughs> and also to recognize as gifted as, as we all are, we're fallible. Of yeah. Sometimes we got the wrong read. For yeah. sure. No matter, you know, no matter what it is. Like it's or not we're projecting, right? right? Yeah, Sometimes totally. I'll do that and I'll be like, oh, I see this thing. I want to reflect it. And let, let me let me just take a breath. And then I'll be like, what if I just turn the mirror on myself and like, where's that exact thing mm-hmm. showing up in me right now? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I can see it. It's like right there. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really interesting how that works. It's powerful. So one of the things that a lot of people might be asking is, all right, all right, I get it. I get a flavor of what this type of union looks like how the hell do I go out and find it, mm. right? And I think one of the things that I've really, I can identify is you got to put yourself out there in the world to get looks, to mm. like to encounter people, to like put the, it's it's almost like the souls are drawn together, but you have to walk the walk to actually put yourself out there, right? To To be visible and to meet people and to explore. Like I had to say yes to Burning Man, mm to run into Vailana in that particular occasion. Maybe another timeline would have come through. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there was a no, a, a choice that I could have made to not go there that would have stopped. So I think the first step is like just making sure that you're encountering a lot of people mm-hmm. in different people, in different environments, outside of your comfort zone, places you haven't gone, things you haven't done, groups you haven't hung out with. Because if you're hanging out with the same friends, going to the same thing all the time, and you're like, where's my, you know, where's my lasting true love where's where's my full fuck yes well you haven't seen anybody but the same 12 people for like Mm -hmm. a year so what are your chances right and of course there's apps and things that are hypothetically possible for all that as well but then in that moment where there's that you kind of get that feeling i think there's a there's a way in which both you and i benjamin we showed up and we're like okay like i see this thing and i will not I will not let this pass by like a ship in the night. Like, and I was in a relationship at the time, so I was polyamorous. But nonetheless, it was like, no way will I let Vilana just be like that was a fun Burning Man by. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever that is, she must be integrated into, you know, a friend into our life and whatever. And I think you have a very similar story, B, where it's like, you guys met and you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, like if there's a there's a very sacred action that still must be taken. Mm. And I think it could be by the man or by the woman, but it is it is kind of a masculine tendency to like go out and say like, okay, like I'm going to take the sacred action necessary to ensure that this possibility is at least possible. Mm. I think, I, think um, I agree with what you're saying about like allowing yourself to be seen is, is a critical component, whatever that looks like. Um, and and sometimes it's not necessarily more people, but just even just the way you show up in the space, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so there's a there's a, a courage that's required there that you learn over time. I think for me, um, 
I guess the way I relate to that is I was dating a lot of women and, and finding things I really liked in each of them. And I was like, oh, I really like that. I've never experienced a woman that wasn't jealous, right? Or mm. I've never experienced a woman that I could, I could go full spectrum fun with and like not have be judged and like no, no reigning in, like let's go all the way. And so I started experiencing these things and then I created that experience. But for me, there was this, um, this element of, I, I was chasing, like, and you said, like, you, you, I forget the word you use, but like, you kind of got to go out and search. And so I was very much in that like predatory, like I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something and I was, I was, um, conquering. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I feel like that was very much like a shadow and, and so I knew intuitively that until I stopped chasing the shiny object and actually just got really centered, was my woman going to show up? And I just knew it in my, my soul. And so I had to like stop dating. And as soon as I did it and like really committed, I, I tried to a bunch of times, not going out with women that were fun, right? Or I, I enjoyed spending time with the beautiful humans, but weren't the one. And until I stopped doing that, was she going to show up? And then when I did, it was like immediately. And and then because I had, I think there's an element as, as, as guys like us, you have to go through a phase of your life, at least I did, of getting it out of my system. Sure. Right? And, and I did that for a lot of years. <laughs> and, and I think that... Dirty. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I, when, I, when, I realized, when I got to that place, then I could... I, I knew what I wanted enough to be able to claim fully and be like, no, this is happening. And I think, you know, whether you're a man or woman or trans or any, it doesn't matter. There's an, there's an alpha and an omega energy, right? And so I think that masculine energy uh, claiming is, is, a, is, is a, a safe place for the feminine energy to kind of receive. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's kind of how I related to it is, is I had to actually stop going out and stop doing all the things and just know that she was you know i was gonna i needed to be the energetic match so she could show up in my life because i wasn't the energetic match there's no way she could have shown yeah. up based on how i was showing up showing in the world up, yeah. i think what you're describing is creating the energetic magnetism mm -hmm. to your partner which is absolutely necessary because i wasn't able to actually i was I had a lot of deep feelings for Violana. Felt like I was deeply in love with her, but until I had let that go, you know, and surrendered that, were you was this able? Were was you I a match, match to it? Yeah, yeah. So it's that combination of getting yourself energetically in the right place, but but putting your feet on in different places for sure. Like put your feet in different places, interact with different people, and then when you see that thing, and there's like a little asterisk that yeah. God puts in and says like, listen. Then at that point just just go like yeah go and then in. if you look at what happened right before we met he moved to venice specifically to break out of his world and kind of be in like a new community new humans different type of connections that he was seeking he, he went to a dinner he met our, our mutual friend maria she, she invited him to um or no she invited herself actually to stay at his place mm -hmm. and uh he just kind of said yes even though he didn't even really know her and because uh, he made this decision out of his comfort zone to be let a, basically a perfect stranger crash at his house in a new in a new home in a new community 
you know, she was the link that had me show up on his doorstep, you know, very quickly afterwards. Um, so there was a series of decisions that he made that were out of the norm, yeah, right? He could I have think stayed. That's essential. Yeah, he could have stayed in the same vortex and the same comfort zone for his whole life, and we would have never crossed paths. I think the other thing too is is letting it be okay that like, I think at least as a man, and I'll only speak for myself, like, let it be okay that like there's a period of your life where the one can't show up because you're not ready to settle down. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, there was like, I couldn't have met her a moment earlier because I wasn't ready. And maybe when you met Bailana the first time at, at Burning Man, you weren't no, wasn't ready, quite ready right? Yet. And so there's a, there's a timing thing. And I think only, I think a lot of people, myself included, stay in relationships because there's, there's, there's love there and deep connection. And, and, but the timing's not right. And I think that's as important as anything. And if you're not ready, I think giving your, like not feeling guilty about that and being like, I'm just not ready to do that. And, and I need something different right now. And, and, and knowing that in everything, there's a timing to life, right? That was a big question when we first met was, am I ready yeah. to settle down? And my masculine, cause I'm, I, f- I feel fairly androgynous, like, I feel like I flow between the two polarities quite a lot and I, I am attracted to women and um, I have, I had always been curious about like polyamory and different forms of relating, but never had the opportunity to experience that. And so in my mind, I was gearing up for like this. And you were coming out of a 10 year relationship. I was coming out of a 10 year monogamous relationship. And in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm ready to like get out there, taste the rainbow, have all my experiences, you know, and like get it out of my system, my yeah. masculine. I've never heard taste the rainbow sound so good. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to taste that rainbow. She only got the Cuban ice cream flavor. Oh, yeah. um, no, but that was really my mindset when we met. And so that's why it was also such a dramatic, like complete reframe like, for wait, me what? i was what? like wait what and and there was a part of him that genuinely was like maybe we are meeting at the wrong time maybe you actually need to go do those things um before we could be a potential and there was a real concern for him because he saw that it you know he could spot it in me because he had 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 gone through it himself. not only that I, yeah i had a previous relationship yeah the girl just got out of a 10-year relationship and we just jumped into it and she wasn't ready and because she wasn't ready it caused a lot of conflict because she was in still grieving the relationship and in it and emotionally attached and then that felt uh threatening to me and so it just caused this awkward dynamic and and so i'd experienced and i was like okay you know that whole um who's that guy wayne dyer quote life gives you an exam and if you don't pass it it gives you over and over Mm -hmm. again i was like oh, is this universe giving me the same exam that I already failed? I was like, wait, 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 I'm not failing another exam, you know? Yeah. And so I was really like, hey, do you need a minute? Because Yeah, and it was pretty serious. I mean, he was like on the cusp of kind of walking away before it even all began. And this is kind of an interesting segue potentially into like the plant medicine conversation because we wouldn't be where we are today. I really believe that if we didn't have the medicine tools to support us through those moments of red flags and fears and like, holy shit, what are we doing? It was, the medicine has been up until about a year ago when it really dramatically diminished. But in the beginning, like there was a lot of hurdles that we had to overcome internally around like, can we really fully lean into this in the way that we 
And we were able to move at quantum speeds because yeah. of the, the medicine yeah. integration. Yeah, sure. And there was a few ceremonies like early, early on, the medicine was just like, no, this this wants to happen. And the medicine like, guided so much of this in the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah, I can't imagine where we would be if we didn't have those tools as our allies, which is why we also have such a deep devotion to, you know, sharing our experiences about that because it's an interesting conversation to have a, like in union, you know, mm -hmm. how can you use it um, as a tool, use these things as a tool. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a, there's a lot of people who think of medicines as drugs. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the people who were early in doing medicines were very careful to frame medicines in a way that it, we showed like, Hey, everybody who thinks these are drugs are not drugs. Like we're going to, take this like super serious and this is how super serious it is and how super medicine it is and it's medicine 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 right. you know and that's i think that was important and i think that was but then when you really start to like you really start to know the medicines and you really start to create this familiarity you can kind of get this this ease with them yeah. where it's like you know and and yes all the guidelines are important and they're not for everybody and set and setting and all the all it's all true i'm not trying to deny any of those things but there's this kind of like they integrate into your life it's just like a part of the fabric of your existence and we can say the same thing like we wouldn't be people of osmanasi who would aubrey marcus be without plant medicine i was like i don't fucking know i have no idea that is an impossible question yeah and it's like saying who would aubrey marcus be if he never went to school like <laughs> yeah yeah never read it know. and didn't know how to read like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right it's there's tools that we have and you know yeah for sure and there's this kind of like it's it's not that the reverence is lost at all it's not that there's like no more but there's this kind of like ease with which we understand how they weave and and how these spirits work and how benevolent and how loving they are and also how challenging they can be. But I think it's beautiful to meet, you know, another couple on the path that has a similar, in, in many ways, even more in some, in some aspects, you know, the way that you guys are able to use medicine in a way that's, is more fluid in how you've used a relationship and also know when it's a sacred no. I mean, we invited you to go down to, costa rica to drink with my first shaman mm. and it's like no it's a no for now and there's not a second question it's not like come on guys come on <laughs> you know like, we're gonna fucking do that yeah i love you i respect that because I, I know you know yeah, yeah. you know like you there's know you time know. and place it's and, a really yeah. like healthy level of discernment with yeah. It. yeah yeah but it's she's been really really powerful and and guided us when you say she you mean Aya. Aya. Aya, yeah sorry yeah, yeah. It's, ayahuasca yeah it has been powerful for us and guided us all along the way and and there's also a time and place where it's like um it's a tool and then you know there's 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 an evolution where um at some point and asria went through this viscerally and i feel like i felt this more recently but she kind of pushes you away and says okay. um now we've given you the tools now you get to like walk the walk walk the walk be and the do it on you. yeah be, be the, the medicine. medicine yeah and and so also being conscious of that and not getting not use not getting attached or clinging to it or using it as a crutch mm -hmm. the uh ayahuasca is a particular one because there's i think the people who are who i think are scared to do ayahuasca and they're like that's not even how you're supposed to do ayahuasca it's supposed to be the shaman who drinks the ayahuasca and then nobody mm -hmm. else does it and it's like 
all right, well, that was one way that it happened, but there's many, many ways yeah. where that was not the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then there's ideas around dieta, you know, and obviously the Shipibo have their tradition and they have their reasons for the tradition. And, you know, they have, there's, I'm not questioning that. And when we go drink with Shipibo shamans, we follow the dieta pretty much to, to really respect and honor their tradition, you know, and then, but we started working with um, a Brazilian shaman who was trained in the, in the Brazilian way. And, in his way, he comes out after the first day. And so we got on, you know, a, kind of a modified dieta, not as strict as Shapibo, but he comes out after our first ceremony. And this is, you know, recently. And he goes, you know, the best thing after ayahuasca? He goes, cheesecake. <laughs> Love cheesecake after ayahuasca. Well, wow, that's was breaking like, like every like, rule. Fucking cheesecake? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're my dude, you know? Yeah. And he's been serving medicine for decades, yeah. you know? And, and But his relationship with it, has created this flexibility and this idea that oh ayahuasca is going to come punish you like an angry pagan god that's going to come bring her wrath upon you no he eats his cheesecake and yeah. and loves his and there's no it's just there's it's no very right interesting. way there's no right way there's just good guidelines but everything is fluid and i think the key is is getting really in touch with yourself to to be able to just like close your eyes and tune in and like what's my truth and like yeah. knowing what that is and that's the the work of this path is just knowing what your truth is in, in any given moment. And Azri and I have experimented, you know, with plant-based medicines and had solo sits with Aya and just the two of us and uh, had really, you know, profound, profound experiences that are way out of the guidelines. But we were in integrity with ourselves. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, I think that's the key is, is really being integrity with, with, with your truest truth, mm-hmm. right? And just being able to tune into yourself enough where you can have that level of discernment. That's that's like a a huge piece for me. And in I'm I I tend to be very rigid with guidelines and just very, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like that I'm like the good girl. Um and you know, more recently it was a daily practice, like what feel what feels right to me, like what truly feels right to me. Am I just following something like because somebody's saying it, or does this actually feel true to me? And yeah. and really owning that my own level of discernment and intuition and, and tuning in with what I need. When I when I think back on the time when the whole world of plant medicines and particularly ayahuasca kind of opened up for me, I think I see the value of having the strictness of the guidelines be enforced because there's no context for most humans and certainly not where I was at around how to have a reverential relationship with yeah. the spirit yeah. of anything let alone a plant you know what i mean (laughs) like the idea that there's this consciousness that inhabits this plant that i'm now going to commune with like that to us is now so normalized that yes we can have a lot more freedom with how we play in those arenas but i think remembering back to the time when that was such a foreign concept yeah and so there was such a power in being like here's really strict rules and you need to follow them and if you don't like there's going to be consequences there was actually real medicine in that because a it completely changed um my relationship to food and nutrition it it made me realize just how much junk was actually in my diet without me even being aware of it um so it was the elimination of all of that to prepare properly that really gave me that awareness which was a gift and now when we you know when we're like oh it's time to prepare for medicine work we're like barely tweaking our diet because our diet is essentially already that, you know? I mean, 
other than like salt, but like really we're eating very close to that already because of the cleanliness of what we eat and, and the the lack of um, alcohol and, and caffeine and all these things. Although recently he's back on the coffee train, but, uh, but you know, but, and there's a time, time and place for everything. But, but I think that there's a, there's a time and a place where those things are really valuable. And I agree. I think as the relationship cultivates with these yeah. plant teachers, as we start to come into real communion, it's just like when you go to someone's house first, you know, you're like, okay, like I want to be like respectful of the space. And then at some point you're like homies and, you know, and you're like, oh, can I, you know, throw my dirty laundry in the in the thing real quick? And like, are we, we're good, right? So there's like a little bit of a different energy that comes through the familiarity, but it, it, it's good for our Western you're culture. you you get to be homies with uh, Aya? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are homies and yeah. sometimes she gives me, a, you know, she gives a little good, a little slap in the face. And good. sometimes even after all of these years and all of this experience that I have with the medicine, which to most people would be a lot, right? Compared to like, a shaman's path it's 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 a drop in the bucket um but even after all of that like i've also made mistakes like i've had sure. ceremonies where i didn't show up with the right energy or i took it for granted even just subtly and i really felt the got consequences i got my ass handed to me or i i drank even though i wasn't a full fuck yes mm -hmm. but i was attached to some idea of what it should be and i was like ah whatever man that does not go over well yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, it's, 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 it's good to have the, the ease and, and as long as you can keep the reverence It's almost intact. like you have to earn it. You, you have, have to, to earn, earn it. it through your relationship. Dieta is, it's devotion yeah. to, to the reverence and honoring of the medicine. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know where the line is until you cross it sometimes, right? <laughs> I remember a time, and, and also to say like some, some lines are firm. Like yeah. nobody says, you know, it's after good, after good ayahuasca, some Prozac. That's a hard no. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of things that are actually hard no's like that. And, yeah. you know, some things that are really good, make good sense. Like if you take a big mushroom dose, don't drink a bunch of water. You're going to get super nauseous. Right. They're hydrophobic, right? Like certain things that are very pragmatic in yeah. that regard. And, and sometimes though, you know, you, it's more psychological. Yeah. And I remember there was a time where, I was taking mushrooms a lot when I would go out to nightclubs, you know, because I'd like to like dance and I would drink on them and I would like have some mm -hmm. drinks and some mushrooms. And, and this one day I was out at my nightclub that I went to a lot in Austin and I was going to the bathroom and the spirit of mushrooms comes through and it just says, take a knee. And I go, no, I'm in a bathroom. Like, w w no, like, no. And it's like, take a knee. Wow. I was like, no. <laughs> and, it was, and it just kept going it was like take a knee and i was like fuck all right so i'm like kneeling wow. on the dirty ass i'm bathroom. sure the guys in the bathroom were zipping. i went one knee <laughs> I went two knees would have been real aggressive if, if mushrooms was like two knees i'm like you're fucking draw i'm drawing the line here mushrooms God, see but, dirty but it was uh <laughs> But it was this interesting moment of, and that's a very unusual experience. Mushrooms talking to me. Usually yeah. I get ideas and things, but it was like a clear conversation. And it was like, you like treat me with respect. Mm. You know, like I want you to listen to this. Like you treat me with respect. And I was like, all right, I, I get it. It's like my bad. Yeah. You know, because I wasn't, because I wasn't asking. I wasn't mm. saying thank you, mushrooms. Like, yeah, you know, like I wasn't intention. setting, I was just like, yeah, gobble this. And, wash it down with some 1942 let's go right you know so and there was this really powerful moment i actually had to 
repair my relationships with mushrooms at Burning Man that year where I was like went to the went to the temple and was like mm. all right I'm gonna take my first mushrooms we're gonna have a conversation mm. and we like hashed it out and but yeah it's very interesting of that's one of those moments where it was just like a, a check like yeah. hey like check yourself don't play this too loose just because you've been doing mushrooms for 20 years like don't lose sight of the fact like we're we're here as a as a powerful yeah. force and I think it's also important to highlight that you have to have the reverence for it and it's okay to use it in a recreational way and if that's the intention if that's the intention and it's done in a, in a pure way and and it's as that's as much medicine as anything right is is i think a lot of times in in conscious community everyone's it gets so serious and it's like you no know, we get to fucking live mm-hmm. you know and play and play the medicine of play which psychedelics can facilitate mm-hmm. beautifully is like crucial for the healing journey and i know that yeah i think all we're all pretty we 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 know how to play but we also are generally more like serious committed types we're like we're we're going all in and we're building all the things and you know there's there's a fair (laughs) amount of serious energy certainly in our dynamic we have to consciously choose the play timeline sometimes Mm. Mm. yeah so that's some of the most healing times i've ever had you know and it's just like many of the best experiences of my life have been mushroom journeys where there was just absolute hilarity sometimes yeah. skiing sometimes with the homies sometimes in different situations her birthday not this last year <laughs> but the year before but even this past year we, yeah. did, we had some mushrooms on it we were just howling with laughter yeah, yeah. with our friend aaron so we won't good. tell that story but <laughs> nonetheless like those moments there's something so powerful so healing about that so laughter healing. So healing. Yeah. I tend to be more serious, and so it's it's just it's been really powerful. Yeah, and you know, you, you got to that just like that, just like with this serious ceremony work, like Aya. You also in the recreational side, like you have to tune in and like, am I ready for this? Is this is this good for me? And like, really tune in with your higher self. Yeah, because yeah. that can go sideways too. Yeah, there was a. I remember one particular journey for whatever reason it was a full moon super triple moon it was, a, it was a bunch of men out in sedona and we all dropped in with some mushrooms and we all took what we thought was a reasonable dose don't tell like, me you got on your knees again. <laughs> oh my god that's how all men's groups <laughs> are you no, it's <laughs> how they do it in austin I'm, invi- I'm inviting you now it's my formal invitation but there was one brother there who really was into like the seriousness like this is like sacred silence and blah 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 but you could not hold the container it was just like it was mayhem and the only thing to surrender to was the mayhem of the situation of just the absolute hilarity that this is so much that none of us can handle it and nobody can hold space the maestros (laughs) there can't hold space nobody can hold space we just have to allow the entire container of laughter to hold but he was fucking fighting it and he was like holding it together and we're all coming out of it and he just stayed fighting in his repose like and trying to like put on different music that was serious you know and like ramdas talking or something like that and it just added to the hilarity <laughs> oh of the situation and then finally finally he like he was real serious had a you know tough journey and then he something clicked and he just went outside and he started howling with laughter oh, like howling with laughter and that was this release of like this finally holding, holding, holding yeah, yeah, the seriousness. Yeah. Well, that and then he just let it all go. And it was just one of the most cathartic experiences. I mean, laughter is so life. medicine. Yeah. 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 Good laughter, good sex, 
do some stuff in between. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's yeah. what I have to say. Well, you guys have a bunch of cool stuff that's emergent that's going to come together. It's not only the love that you guys have brought together. It's not only the self-work that you brought together, but you're birthing a lot of you know mm-hmm. different things. Um, what's some of that that's coming up that people can keep an eye out for? <laughs> yeah, we've been, we call it the hidden years. Uh, it's You've been in a deep dive the last couple of years creating you know all kinds of content and preparing and and so it's 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 fun to actually be on the verge of of sharing with the world but yeah we're going to launch our platform uh it's the becoming platform with a q b-e-q-o-m-i-n-g becoming.me um and we're finishing our book that should be published probably in January or February and uh, filmed a documentary that'll be released hopefully next year. So and so we've been super busy. Very I share more about the platform. Yeah, well, the, the Q, um, we, we chose that very intentionally. Obviously our last name, that's kind of the obvious connection with the Becker, but, um, but the Q is really kind of a powerful letter in the sense that it has the, the feminine and the masculine. So you have the, mm-hmm. you know, the the cue without the tail is is that feminine womb, infinite circle of life. And then the tail injects that masculine, like linear um, stability into, into it. And so yeah. we, because so much of our work devotion. is about yeah. the integration of polarity and opposites. Um, and so much of what we are energetically is the dance between the alpha and the omega or the masculine and the feminine. We felt that that really captured it. And then also the Q stands for questions because ultimately there that's, is no- that's where it starts. There is no becoming path, no no mm-hmm. quest to self-discovery without the willingness to relentlessly ask questions mm-hmm. and ask why and um, dig deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of what truth really is. Um, and then EQ, emotional intelligence, big part of what we do. So really the the platform, it's it's more than a platform. It's kind of it's An like ecosystem. this. Yeah, it's like this ecosystem that's birthing through us and it's 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 vast and it's multidimensional and it's a really a, a a blend of personal transformation, tools and content, media as medicine, which which is you know, taking many of the codes that we learn from the actual plant medicines and infusing them into digital content. Um, but then also that married with like conscious artists and thought leaders and just all the fascinating, beautiful humans that we are blessed enough to receive in our field. And like, how can we empower them to share their message, their voice? So it's kind of like an incubator for them to develop and expand and amplify what they have to share because medicine comes in many forms, right? We, we talked a lot about the plants today, but not everyone is going to work with plant medicine, nor should they. Yeah. In fact, perhaps a much smaller percentage of the population should actually be ingesting these things than we even realize um, for so many reasons. And so what I've been learning from ayahuasca in particular is that there are specific people who are kind of like almost encoded to receive blueprints from the medicines directly. And the medicines are what? They're they're messengers of earth consciousness, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're they're a vehicle with which Gaia, the consciousness of the earth can communicate with us. It's mm-hmm. like an umbilical cord. Yeah, tapping us back into that ancient intelligence. And so there's, from my experience, direct experience, there's these blueprints for how do we actually birth a new paradigm? How do we actually co-create and imagineer this new world that we all know is possible? As Charles Eisenstein said, the more beautiful no, heart, the more beautiful world we know in our hearts is possible. Um, 
there's got to be like a blueprint for that. Just like any building you want to put up, you know, you have the architect drop a blueprint and it's the same thing with this. And so a lot of the blueprints that are coming through are related to how media, whether it be music or film or poetry or, you know, books, podcasts, how can these things be the medicine? How can how can the frequency of these transmissions mm. deliver medicine into the hearts and the minds of the masses, of the public, of the people who are not necessarily going to be working with the psychedelics or the plants themselves? And so that's been a real deep mission, soul mission for, for both of us. And we're starting to really like lock in on how that wants to look and how that wants to be shared. So we're very much in the crowning process of our mm-hmm. birth. Yeah. And um, it feels so, it's so crazy. Like I was just, just right before this podcast, we were pulling up um, business plans or kind of like diagrams we had drawn right before we met of this. Like we were both already receiving this before we even met. And then when we met, we put the puzzle pieces together and it was like, holy shit, we're, we couldn't be more aligned with our purpose. And we have between the two of us, the full spectrum of all the tools and all the skill sets that we need to actually make this happen. So it's been just kind of awe-inspiring to watch it all come to life. Yeah. Yeah, we, we really hope to build a platform for, you know, masters in different fields to be able to showcase. And, you know, everything we're doing is, is not, none of it is to, you know, enrich ourselves or put money in our pocket. It's, we, we're going to operate the whole platform on a free will investment model. So people pay what they want for the, you know, to support the platform. And, and if they choose not to, then that's beautiful. And we will, we'll trust that it'll, it'll all come full circle in another way. Yeah. Mm. Well, I can't wait to see it birth. It's been uh, <laughs> such a pleasure to get to know you as a couple and get to know you as individuals. Mm. I can point to many, you know, absolutely beautiful moments in this relatively young chronologically friendship which feels mm-hmm. like it spans many many lifetimes so mm-hmm. it's the an honor to walk mutual. the path with, with both of you likewise likewise, likewise. Yeah, yeah indeed love you so much <laughs> <Love> you <too. laughs> many many more adventures and thank yeah. you i got this for my birthday um, which um, I've worn, I think, on every podcast I've done since I got. I wear oh, it almost every single day. This was a gift from them that mm. symbolizes their love and, and their Sushi, community. It's a and deep fidget craving. <laughs> <laughs> the deepest. Yeah. I feel so um, honored to your, wear it. Drop your Instagram uh, handle so if people want to follow you individually, they can follow you as well. Well, it's at Becoming with a Q. That's our shared platform for Instagram. And then um, I'm at iAzria, like iPhone but then Azria spelled A-Z-R-Y-A. And uh, I'm at Benjamin underscore Becker, and the last name is B-E-Q-U-E-R. Beautiful. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you too, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning into this podcast with Vailana, Benjamin, and Azria. If you're interested in learning more from Benjamin and Azria, check out their website. It's becomingwithaq.me. So becoming.me. And you can check out all of the cool stuff they have going on. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.